You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Jesus declared that he was the light of the world. He came as light to shine in the darkness. And yet the darkness didn't comprehend it. And yet we know that that light has come and and we have all these lights up here and it's really symbolic of the light of Christ. And so this morning we want to uh, continue to share with you uh, and minister the word of God in uh, the series, Our King Has Come. We want to continue to talk about this topic and look at salvation today because he came to bring us joy. He came to bring us peace. He came to bring us hope and salvation. And that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning. Uh, if we could, this morning, I, I want to just take a moment to, uh, again, welcome you and thank you for being here. It's really my desire that you encounter God's presence this morning through the ministry of his word, because we know that where he is honored, where he is acknowledged, he shows up. And we want to recognize that because whatever you are dealing with in your life, I'm confident that God knows all about it and he has already made a plan. He has already intervened for you to make a difference in your life, to set things that are wrong right, to to restore things that have been destroyed, and to begin to give you purpose and peace that maybe you have been grasping for, but seemingly have not been able to get a hold of. Uh, this morning, uh, again, if we want to look at the scripture for what we have. Um, but I think I, I, I still need to bring some humor before we do this because uh, uh, humor sometimes makes things go a little bit better. It works like a medicine, the scripture tells us. And I don't know if uh, the Loggins are here this morning. They were here last week. They surprised us. Are the Loggins here this morning? didn't make it. Maybe they're doing family things somewhere. But I I did this on behalf of uh, Leah Loggin, who always likes these little puns. And if you're around Lee, he's going to come to you and he's going to share some pun at one time or another. So I have a couple here uh, this morning for you. The first is uh, the question, what disasters could happen if you drop the Christmas turkey? Well, it's the downfall of Turkey, the breakup of China, and the, over, the overthrow of Greece, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good myself. Um, what's ice? Well, it's skids stuff, okay? That's, maybe kids can get that one. Um, that one didn't go over well, I can tell. Um, where do snowmen get to go to dance? Well, at the snowball, of course, okay. Yeah, okay. How do snowmen travel around? By icicle, okay. Yeah. I got two more if you can deal with them. What did the guest sing at the Eskimos' Christmas party? Freeze, a jolly good fellow. Okay. And then finally, a New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. Okay. 
Uh, with that, uh, we are actually preparing for a fresh start coming on J January 4th, and you should have received the brochure on that. We just want to encourage and challenge for you, for those of you that are participating, this is an opportunity for you to really seek God and, and spend time in prayer getting his heart, getting his heartbeat for 2016. Uh, fresh start is, is based on the Daniel fast, which restricts some foods and allows you to deal with those appetites sometimes that are out of control. And it's really a spiritual discipline that will bring us into a greater uh, tune with the Spirit of God so that we can receive direction, so that we can receive really uh, a, a purpose for this coming year. And as we look to 2016 as a church, uh, it's exciting because God, I believe, has pastured us for growth. Uh, we are uh, actually... On Tuesday night during prayer, what was shared, what came is that 2015 was really a test. And as a congregation, as a body, you've passed that test. And now God's going to begin to implement what he desires to do through refuge. So we're postured and positioned for growth. And God is going to bring people in because of what they see in you, your witness, your testimony what they see God has done in your life, they're going to be attracted to that. And it's really people reaching people for the kingdom of God. And so we're excited about that. 2016 will be a year of growth. It won't just be about numbers, but it will be growth in unity, uh, spiritual depth, in character, in influence, reaching beyond these four walls as we impact this community. Uh, small groups, I believe, are going to intensify and if you're not connected to a small group, I encourage you to do so because great things are happening in these small groups because we're not just a church with small groups. We're a church that, I'll get it right. We're a church of small groups, not just a church with small groups, okay? And I believe that uh, God is going to intensify the great commission for us at Refuge in 2016, and that is making disciples, and really impacting people's lives. So I'm excited about that, very excited about that. I want you to look at, with me, Acts 4.12, which is our key verse for this morning's message. Our king has come to bring salvation. And this is in Acts 4.12. It says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word. We thank you for giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Father, help me to articulate your heart and communicate what salvation means, Father, to us as individuals and what it means to this world. In Jesus' name. We give you praise. Amen. We realize that the long-awaited king that was promised came on the scene to bring fulfillment of God's plan and purpose to redeem humanity. In fact, before he would rule and reign as king, he came to suffer and die in our place. He came as a servant. Jesus was born, and we celebrate his birth this time of year, but he did not stay a baby. We all know that he grew up. And even though babies can be celebrated, we're so excited. We're, we're so excited because 
we're going to have a baby in the Malik household and the Sosinski household because uh, both of these families now are becoming grandparents, at least the moms and dads are. And so we're, we're excited about the baby. We can be excited about baby Jesus. Amen? How many of you love babies? If you love babies, we need some uh, child care employees. We have a waiting list of 30 children, so we need more people to care for babies. So if you're interested, talk to Pastor Deb or talk to Jennifer Kleiner, okay? Yeah, that's, that's a good problem to have. But uh, we love babies, and we're excited about baby Jesus. But you know, when baby Jesus grew up, there were some people that didn't like him very well when he began to fulfill the mission of God for his life and preach the truth that brought conviction. But yet it brought life to those who were ready and willing to receive him as king, as their king. Now we acknowledge, we're acknowledging and recognizing our king and what he came to bring to mankind. In fact, he came to bring joy. He came to bring peace. He came to bring hope. He came to bring salvation to a hurting world. He is not just a king, but he is our king. And he didn't come just to rule and reign as a dictator, but he came to rule and reign as a loving, compassionate, benevolent father, God. And so we're excited to know that he is our king when we embrace him as such. In Christianity, Jesus was born a king. We know that not many people are born a king or at birth are a king, but Jesus was. We see in Matthew 2, 2, that wise men sought him. They sought the one who was born king of the Jews. He was born king. Now the question is, is he your king? He came to bring joy. He came to bring peace. He came to bring hope. He came to bring salvation to you. Not just to the world, but it must be personalized and it must be realized in your life, in my life as well. So the question is, is he your king? Is he your king? In part one, we looked at that he came to bring joy. The full measure of his joy, not just to make you happy one day, but to experience the full measure of his joy, which is an inward quality, inward strength that gets us through the most difficult of times. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In fact, John 17, 13, Jesus declared, but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So the very joy that Jesus possesses can be fulfilled in your life and my life. That's exciting. You don't have to have sad days. I mean, you're going to go through things, but you don't have to be depressed, dejected all the time because the joy of the Lord is your strength and you can tap into that. We learned about that. Secondly, he came to bring peace. And his peace, he didn't just bring, but he left it with us. He brought it and he left it with us. And in Isaiah 9, 6, the scripture says that he's the prince of peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus dates and declares to his disciples, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace deals with the fear issue. It settles the troubled heart. It brings stability. It's that undisturbed composure that we talked about. 
the peace of God is available for you. Not only to have peace with God, but to have the peace of God and to walk it out. And then last week, we talked about how he came to bring hope. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you. Now I like this because it ties all these messages together. With all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hope is that sense of future purpose and direction. It gives us the strength to go forward because it's a target that we can aim for with our faith. We have the blessed hope of Jesus' return. We look with anticipation. We look with expectation to what God will do in our lives. Now, there's something in your life that needs to occur and that is you need to have a ready expectation of God moving in your life. Some people have no expectation at all because they don't believe or they don't know that God cares for them or that God's concerned about them. But he is. And he gives you hope. He gives you a reason and a purpose to live. A friend of mine just this past week lost his mother because she committed suicide. She lost her hope. She lost her direction. She didn't see a future. Hope gives you a future. It gives you a reason to stick around. And how sad and how tragic that is. But this time of year, you hear that. A time where we're supposed to be celebrating all that God did to bring salvation to the earth. And people are at the rock bottom. And they have no reason to think that they can go on. But Jesus came to bring hope to the most destitute of hearts and lives, to the person that thinks that they're rejected, that there's no reason for them to live. Jesus came to bring them hope. And really all of that is found in salvation. It's all found in salvation. I, I want to backtrack just a little bit because over the weeks we've talked about the Christian the uh, Christmas narrative, the birth of Christ. We read through that story a couple of times. But I want to again fast forward to a time where Jesus stood before a man whose name was Pontius Pilate. Now this man was a Roman, and this man was to try Jesus and to find fault, find guilt, and condemn him to death. But in Pilate's investigation, he couldn't find anything worthy to condemn Jesus. He found, in fact, no fault in this man. And what's interesting, um, in verse, in chapter, actually we see in chapters 18 and 19, this whole narrative of, of Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate and going through this trial, which was kind of a joke because it was an illegal thing that was being done. And in verse 37 in John 18, it says, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I, I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So Jesus attested the fact that he was a king because that's what he is being tried for. He was being tried by the Jews, turned over to the Jews because he claimed to be the king of the Jews. He claimed to be a king. And he was because he was born a king. Now, what's interesting is that Jesus was rejected as king by his own people. He came to his own and they rejected him. 
In John chapter 19, verse 14 and 15, the scripture goes on to say, now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, behold your king. This is Pontius Pilate. He's presenting Jesus now. Behold your king. See, he had better sense than the people that were there, the religious people of the day. In verse 15, how sad when we read this and see this, they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. When I read this, I realized that the people he came for rejected their king and demanded that he be crucified. And Pilate, who was not even a Jew, who was not even a, a believer, recognized that he was their king, but his own rejected him as king. Now, let me just say this, because you might say how terrible it was for what, for what they did, but yet all of us have rejected him as our king at one point or another in our life. But even though you may have rejected him because of your lifestyle, because of what you've done, sins you've committed, you can make a decision to receive him as your king, to accept him as your king. Because we even see in Jesus' day and at that time, and even at the crucifixion, people became believers and what they witnessed at the cross. And their hearts were changed, their hearts were turned, and they repented. Our king has come to bring salvation. You might say, salvation from what? You know, I can remember asking somebody, and, and sometimes we use this Christianese, we're talking to people, and I ask this person, are you saved? And of course, the, his response was, saved from what? <laughs> and then it, it just threw me back for a little while. I have to rethink how I present the gospel here because people, you know, it could be saved from who knows what, you know? Salvation, in the context of what we're sharing this morning, means deliverance from sin and its consequences. Deliverance from sin and its consequences. In fact, it's believed by Christians to be brought about by faith in Christ. When we put our faith in Christ, we can be delivered from sin and its consequences. It's one thing to be forgiven from sin, but there's also a consequence that has to be dealt with. There's a penalty, there's a sentence that has to be carried out to deal with that sin. There's a price that has to be paid for it to be rectified. And Jesus came to pay that price. Salvation means preservation or deliverance from harm, from ruin, or from loss. See, we lost out with all that God has for us because of sin. Adam lost so much because of his sin in the garden that brought such reproach and hardship upon all of humanity. Salvation is a means of escape, a means of help, a source, or a means of being saved from, from harm, ruin, or loss. Salvation is being saved from the righteous judgment of God upon the sinner. See, justice has to be served. And Jesus took our place to bear the judgment that we should have borne. See, all who have sinned against God are under the judgment of God. 
The judgment is known as damnation. People don't like to talk about damnation. Where God condemns to eternal hell all those who've offended him by breaking his law, by sinning against him. And yet we know that every one of us is a sinner, so we say, what's the use? What's the hope? What can I do? Well, we couldn't do anything, so Jesus had to. We couldn't do anything about our sin. But Jesus did. Jesus is our king. In fact, uh, true joy, backing up to joy, this kind of a recap of this whole series this month, true joy is not attained or earned. It, it actually is received by the one who is the source of joy. We receive that joy from Jesus. He becomes our joy. True peace is not attained or earned either. It's received through the Prince of Peace who came to give us peace. True hope is not attained or earned either. It's received through the God of hope who came to give us hope. True salvation is not attained or earned as well. It's received by the author of salvation. Now, I want to share three things that we can say about our king. Our king has come to bring salvation. As I have over the weeks, we've shared these points with you. Three things that we can say about our king has come to bring salvation. Number one, acknowledge your need of a savior. Acknowledge your need of a savior. We all have to acknowledge at one point in our life that we need a savior, that we can't save ourselves. Until you come to that point, you are still in your sins. And if you die in that state, you are eternally lost. And you'll miss the greatest gift that God came to bring. And that's eternal life. And so we need to acknowledge our need of a Savior. We need Jesus. In fact, Matthew 1.21 says, She shall bear a son, that's speaking of Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He'll save us from our sins. You know, sin is controlling and dominating it will tear into your life and control your life and, and bring you down and, and, and bring destruction and decay. Sin is a horrible thing. If it's left unchecked, it will run amok and it will bring destruction and devastation and ultimately eternal death. The wages of sin is death, according to the Scripture. In Titus 2.11, the Scripture says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation... For all people, for all people, not just the goody two-shoes, not just those who think that they got it all together, but for all people of all races, all backgrounds, all social status, economic status, he came to save all people. Number two, understand that Jesus Christ is the only means of salvation. He's the only way. In Revelation 5, 2, we, and I don't have a slide for that, the, the scripture says they were looking for who is worthy to open the seal. Who's the worthy one? And thank God Jesus shows up in heaven and said, you know, he's the one, he's the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. In Acts 4, 12, which is our key scripture for this morning, we see there again, and there is salvation in no one else. There's salvation in no one else. Well, what about Buddha? What about Muhammad? What about John Smith? What about some of these other so-called religious world leaders that have 
made a difference or made an impact in this earth. You know, what they, all the good that they did, is, does it count for anything? Well, they're not the Savior. There's salvation in no one else. Uh, don't you think that you're being pretty exclusive, Pastor Matt? Uh, don't you think God can make exceptions for other people of, of other world religions? Is, is Christianity the only way? Are those who profess Jesus Christ as Lord, is that the only way to heaven? Well, I have to tell you, yes, it's the only way. How do you know that? Well, because of the truth and because of Jesus, the one who saved us, how he validated and verified all that he came to do through the scriptures, the prophetic words and messages through the centuries that all came together to confirm and to convince us all of his reality and the truth of, of, of Christ. And then we have, well, let me finish reading the verse. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So don't even attempt to look for another because you won't find it. You won't find another. And then John 14, 6, Jesus, who was the truth, who, who spoke the truth, declared out of his own lips, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. And then number three, the third point, our king has come to bring salvation is his earnest desire is that all be saved. I like 2 Peter 3.9. I don't have a slide for this, this but 2 Peter 3.9 says that God is not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. So essentially what that's stating is it's not his will that any perish and go to hell. He doesn't want anyone to die. In fact, the scripture says that, uh, that hell was not prepared for man. It was prepared for the devil and his angels who rebel against him. But it became a place where men who have not accepted or have rejected Jesus go. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse 3, we see this is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Now in the book of Acts, we see a situation where Paul and Silas got in trouble. They were put in the prison and they were locked up in stocks and they were after being beaten. And they began to sing praises to God at midnight. And God showed up in that prison house. The presence of God came and all the prisoners were set free. There was actually an earthquake, but the building didn't fall down, but God's presence came. And the jailer came out realizing that the penalty for any escaped criminal was his own personal death. So he's about to kill himself. And Paul said, stop, do yourself no harm. And after he realized what had happened, he asked this question, 
that we see in Acts 16, 30 and 31. It says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? See, so often we think it's something we do that earns us our salvation. But the Apostle Paul made it very clear. He said, believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Believe. Well, what does it mean to believe? It means to trust. It means to rely upon. It means to adhere to. It means to put your trust in totally. To believe in Jesus. I want to share with you this morning because this has a lot to do with salvation. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's called the Roman Road. Have you ever heard of that before? It's a means to share the gospel with somebody that has not yet heard the gospel and give them an opportunity to believe and receive Jesus as their Savior. It starts in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. It says, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one deserves salvation by their own merits because it's nothing that we can do to earn it. And then the next leg in the journey of the Roman road is Romans 3.23. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. No one in this room can say, I have not sinned. And if, if you do say that, you've just sinned because you're a liar, okay? You've just lied to me. We've all sinned. We fall short of the glory of God. We don't measure up. And see, that's where the devil wants to keep us. He wants to keep us in that place where we feel condemnation. We feel pushed on. We feel unworthy. We're not good enough. But that's because we don't know God's love for us. It's reaching out to lift us up from our situation. And then Romans 5.8. I like this. It says, but God. You know, anytime you put a but in a sentence, it changes the whole direction of that sentence. It says, but God, Romans 5.8, shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. He died for me. While we were still sinning, while we were still in our sin, he died for us. He paid the price for our salvation. Moving down the road, the Roman road, we see Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you might say, free gift? Did you know nothing is free? If somebody says to you, this is free, it's not really free. It may be free to you, but somebody had to pay for it. It was not free to God. It was not free to Jesus because he gave his life so that we could have eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then the next stop in the Roman road is Romans 10, 9, and 10. And this is what we want to do in, in leading you in the prayer. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, For with the heart one believes and is justified. See, when you believe in Jesus, 
when you believe that he is Messiah, he's Savior, he came to die for our sins, the moment you believe, your heart is justified. And you know what justification is? It simply means just as if I never sinned. Just as if I never sinned. That God can look at us and justify us simply by believing in him. You might say, but that's too easy. Oh, did you know it's easy to receive a gift? It's Christmas time. You know, I've received a number of gifts, and thank you for your generosity, the gifts that you've blessed our family with. You've, you've showered us with all these gifts. Thank you so much. But, you know, we receive those gifts. All we have to do is accept them. Have you ever tried to give somebody a gift and they said, no, I don't want that? It's all wrapped. It's something that you really gave thought to and what you wanted to do for that person. And then they say, no, I don't want it. And you say, why? I paid a price for this. And this is for you. Why would you reject this gift that I have to offer? See, that mentality, it's hard to comprehend that. But that's ultimately what we do when we don't accept the gift of salvation. We try to work it out. We try to be a goody two-shoes and do all these good works to earn our salvation. We can't earn our salvation. We receive it as a gift. Now, once we're saved, then we can do good works, but it's not to earn our salvation. It's because we are saved. It's a consequence or a result of our salvation. Again, it goes on to say, with, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Connected with a belief in our heart. Believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth, brings about salvation. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things pass away. All things become new. Something transpires inside of us when we believe and confess Jesus is Lord. We're saved. We're set apart. The Bible says we're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We become part of God's family. We become a son or a daughter of the most high God. We're born again into his family. Wow. Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Simply calling on Jesus, crying out to him from your heart, you can be saved. I want you to bow your heads this morning. And as you bow your heads this morning, I want you to be honest with yourself, honest before God, honest before me. If you are here and you say, I know my life is not right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know if I would go to heaven or not. There's an uncertainty. I'm unclear to, to even, to, for me to even say or claim Jesus my Lord. I, I'm uncertain about that. Well, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here this morning, you say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want my life to be right with God. I believe that he was sent to die for my sins and the consequence of those sins. If that's you this morning, you slip your hand up and so I can see it this morning. If that's you, hold up your hand. Now, we all might be saved here. Maybe, maybe in a situation that you've backslidden or you've, you've drifted away from God and now you feel compelled that you need to get things right between you and God. 
and you're willing and ready to come back, you lift your hand up as well. Can I see that hand? Are there others? Rededication is a wonderful thing because what's, what's so exciting is, is that God accepts us even when we mess up, even when we backslide, even when we go drift. When we're ready to come back, he accepts us immediately. Let's pray this prayer together. You can, you can look at me or you can keep your eyes closed. It doesn't matter. Just repeat after me and make my words your words. Embrace them from your heart with sincerity. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge that without you, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe you are the Savior of the world. You came to die for my sins. You came to give me eternal life. While I was still a sinner, you died for me. I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for me. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, I put my trust in you. I dedicate my life to you. I confess you as my Lord. I confess you as my Savior. I believe in my heart and I confess you with my mouth as the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that person silly for the first time, I announce to you that you are now a child of God. Now, for those of you that are already believers, to pray that prayer is simply acknowledging what you've already believed and embraced and only reinforces that truth in your lives. Now, we're going to, in a moment, receive an offering, but what we want to do is um, give you an opportunity for prayer later at the end of the service. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel led right now to pray because I, I believe there's somebody here that, that you've been going through a difficult time and, and sometimes the turmoil seems unbearable and God knows his situation and he's going to minister to you even now as you open your heart to him and I don't know who you are and it doesn't matter but God's going to meet you today at your point of need he's going to show himself strong on your behalf so let's pray Father I thank you right now for whoever that is it may be more than one and Father you know the condition of everyone's heart Father, I just pray right now that you open eyes, that you allow people to see beyond their present situation, that you help them, Father, to receive what you have for them. Father, where there needs to be adjustments in their walk with you, the putting away of, of sinful uh, practices or addictions, Lord, intervene now on their behalf to help them through what they're dealing with in Jesus name in Jesus name and God is going to lift you out of that despair he's going to lift you out of that hopelessness 
and he's going to set your feet on solid ground where you can have confidence before God, where you can be bold in your faith and, and live out your life to honor the purpose of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.